here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Get to Old Navy right now. All jeans are on sale up to 50% off. From just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Try on a pair in-store and save even more. With 5 bucks off your purchase of $50 or more during Old Navy's Great Denim Try-On-A-Thon. Hurry in now to find your perfect fit and save big with up to 50% off all jeans. Now at Old Navy. Valid 812 to 821. Excludes in-store clearance, gift cards, register lane items, and jewelry. $5 discount valid with jeans purchase. Welcome, everyone, to episode 256 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Deporek, and today we are going to make our picks for every Western Conference team's over-under, the projected win totals and where we think they're going to land. Before we get to all that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe download leave some five star reviews it would really help us out and we're now being hosted on spreaker so check them out on twitter at spreaker joining me today as always is my very stable genius of a co-host morton jensen how's it going mort as always is a loose term for over the past couple weeks at least fair welcome back i should say thank you and i mean i've been gone you know having a little son is taking up a lot of my time and meanwhile you're you're cheating on me and going on other podcasts what the hell is that all about it's true, yeah. Good plug for, I was on TJ McBride, uh, I believe it's called Nuggets Daily, yesterday, or it went up today, actually. We did the ultimate mid-August NBA debate of who's better, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. I, I think I represented my boy well, but check that <laughs> out. It was it was really fun. It was like the most cordial Jokic-Embiid debate you're going to find on the internet, because most of the time it devolves into a messy pissing match. Well, of course, it's TJ, so... right. Right, oh. right, who we will definitely have back on at some point in the coming months. Oh, here yeah, as well. we need to, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Mort, it's, it's mid-August. It's our favorite time of year because the over-unders have come out. They came out about a month ago, actually, once uh, free agency started to settle down. But now we're starting to see a little bit of movement. So we're going to go off the lines from Caesar's Palace. Caesar updated as of a couple days ago, and there has been some movement with certain teams. And we're going to start from the team in the west with the highest over under and then just work our way down the list we'll make our pick for each and then give our explanation why wait you also want us to make a pick for like the specific win total because i don't have that oh, i'm no, just no, gonna no. go like no. over yeah. under yeah just the over under yeah I, yeah I okay have... cool <laughs> that is way too much work Absolutely yep. <laughs> not. um so let's start with the clippers who are the highest in the west at 54.5 where do you go with them over really yeah, yeah. So here's the thing about me. I think people are sleeping on the Clippers, which sounds ridiculous considering they're one of the, you know, top contenders this year. But in terms of regular season success, I think people are sleeping on them. This team is deep and they have so much quality on both sides of the ball. They have rebounding, they have playmaking, they have every single aspect. And he here's the great part about it. When they have Kawhi and Paul George on the court together, I really don't see you know, many teams being being able to stop them because th both of those guys are so unselfish and allow the other would will definitely allow the other one to you know catch fire and, and and be more assertive offensively. And then the other guy who's not you know necessarily an NBA jam on fire, he'll devote all of his energy defensively. And given that both are game changing defenders, mm -hmm. that's going to be huge. And even when Kawhi undoubtedly misses like twenty games. Uh, spread out over the course of a season, it doesn't really matter because hi Mo Harkless, hi to Michael Green, hi extended minutes to Lou Williams and Montressel Harrell. Like this team is deep, man. This team is built not just for the playoffs but for the regular season as well. They, I just I don't see a scenario where they come under this. I wouldn't even be surprised if they win like sixty five games. Wow, really? How yeah. like I just don't think we're gonna see. Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi's going to miss 20 games. You agree with yeah. that? And Paul yeah. George, we don't know when he's going to make his debut. He had the shoulder surgery. 
sounds like he could miss some time early in the year. So I actually went I went the under here for that reason. I think we probably get at most 40, 45 games of those two guys together during the regular season. And I, I'm I'm still there. Even even with that, I'm still there. I mean, I, I hear you. I like I think they're the best team in the NBA. In terms of roster yeah. construction, if I had to pick an NBA champion right now, I think they're the best team in the NBA. I do not think they will have the highest win total in the West. I think they have the one of the best nine man rotations we've seen over the past ten years. Wow. I mean, yeah, like when healthy on paper. When like, healthy yeah. and like when active, but I just mm-hmm. don't I, I think they're gonna keep their eye on the greater prize and I think they're really gonna pace themselves. And yeah, I mean they'll they'll still be very good even when only one of those guys plays, but I mean, they're not a shoe in to win and it's they're if they were in the East maybe, but like they're going against really tough teams pretty much all of the time in the West. There's only, you know, two or three teams in the West who will at least mm. enter the season without realistic playoff aspirations. Maybe so, but I mean, the Rockets won 65 a couple years ago. Yeah. I see this Clippers team as being significantly better. So that's mm. kind of my logic I'm playing. And I get the injury thing. I get the load management. I get that, you know, some of the, these guys are a little bit older, Lou yeah. Williams especially. So he might also you know, spend some time away from the court. I just really dig the versatility, and I think this is a team that is going to come out and blow out other teams right off the bat. And I think that's going to carry over. I, I think it's going to be one of those teams that every other team in the NBA is going to fear going up against, and that's going to just strangle them, from, uh, you know, opponents from the get-go. I think the I think the Clippers are going to cruise through the entire season. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll agree to disagree there. I mean, come the playoffs, we'll agree. But during the regular season, we won't. The You mentioned the Rockets. They're next in the West with an over-under of 54. It apparently went up. It started at 52 and has now jumped to 54 after the Westbrook trade. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure I would add wins necessarily. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning under. But it's one of those, you know, that 54 is a number where it could go either way, I think. Right. Um, but I, I am leaning under. Uh, not not necessarily just because of the Westbrook thing, but I, I just don't think they have a lot of depth. And I also think at some point, James Harden's usage and his body is going to maybe not, I, I hope not, but I think it might, you know, be, be time. Sounds like I'm hoping for it, but I'm not, but... <laughs> It, 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 he could go down at some point. Like his usage rate and, and the, the amount of possession that he spends, I, I just can't see him holding that up for like three or four seasons in a row. I, it, it seems improbable. So I wouldn't be surprised if he you know, ends up missing a, a bunch of games this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be by design too. I mean, I think that was part of the reason they got Westbrook is because Harden has had the shoulders such a heavy load mm. these last couple of years. That by the time he gets to the playoffs, he you know he's losing a little bit of steam. So now you have a Russell Westbrook in who has also carried his team single-handedly. Now maybe you can strategically rest James Harden ten games in that season instead. Of, I mean he played seventy-eight games last year, thirty-six point eight minutes a game. You know I I don't think we're gonna see that much James Harden this year. I hope we don't. I. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. They are somewhat light on depth. I mean, they have a nice starting five. You still have Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, Daniel House, but after that, it starts to get iffy pretty quickly. So yes, mm-hmm. an injury to Russ or Harden could really knock them down a few pegs. Or in Capella, the West. yeah, or Capella. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it's it'll be close. I think the Rockets are still going to be probably a top four team in the West, but I am also leaning the under on this one. Just because, it, I mean, this is going to be a common theme throughout this episode. And when we do the East, the same deal. Load management is the biggest uncertainty here. Right. Hanging over really this season, but especially when you're factoring in over-unders and trying to pick this. Because we saw how well it worked for the Raptors and Kawhi last year. And the Raptors didn't really miss a beat. They still won 58 games. And then, you know, we know what happened in the playoffs. So it's possible that your superstar could still miss 20 games and you still have a bananas record. But I think a lot of teams are going to look at what happened with Kawhi and say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't play James Harden 78 games and 37 minutes a game. Maybe we shouldn't play Joella B, you know, 54 of the first 58 games. Like, that's just going to be a common theme throughout 
when we're making our picks here, I think. Right. So let's go to the Jazz now. 53.5. This one is so difficult for me because I think they might be a better playoff team than a regular season team. Ooh. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, they definitely improved their offense. I I love them. I think they are a legitimate NBA Finals candidate. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not a a non-vote of confidence to them. It's more about, I think they have so much guard play now that they didn't before that I could actually see, you know, like you said, load management, take Mike Conley off a couple of games, give Donovan Mm -hmm. Mitchell a breather because, you know, he's just been two years in a row. (laughs) <laughs> having to carry the entire offense, it would behoove them to just give him a couple games off here and there. And I don't think the Jazz necessarily care all that much about the regular season. As long as they're in the playoff picture, and they undoubtedly will be, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they could easily just you know put some guys on the bench and, and see what's up with, with the bench and try to go from there. I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they get into the playoffs with, like, 48 49 wins I, they're definitely capable of more if they this is a team if they go all out i'm taking the over but mm-hmm. i just don't look at them as a team that's going to fancy themselves like a great regular season team i think their eyes are on the playoffs and playoff success and i don't think they put a lot of emphasis on necessarily the regular season see i actually lean the over for this one and you know, I, I feel like the common critique with the Jazz is that they're a better regular season team than a playoff team. And I think what they did this summer, you know, getting not only getting Mike Conley, but getting Bogdanovich and yep. then filling out the bench, getting Moutier, Jeff Green, Ed Davis. I think that's going to help kind of counter that narrative. I think they're, as you said, I think they are a legit potential finals candidate. But I actually think they're still going to be really good in the regular season, too. They're a well-coached team. They're still going to have, they have Rudy Gobert as long as he stays healthy, you know, a two-time reigning defensive player of the year, you can just pencil them in for a top five defense. The problem with the Jazz for the last few years has been the offense. They just haven't had anyone reliable outside of Donovan Mitchell, and you put too much on his plate. He's been somewhat inefficient as a result. Now you have a Mike Conley. Now you have a Bogdanovich to really pick up some of that load. So I, I actually, I mean, they won 50 games last year. And I think they are substantially better now than they were a year ago. I think they're deeper and have a much better offense. So I I think the Jazz, and then we'll get to the Nuggets next, I think those two teams are going to have the best record of teams in the West. So I'm going going over here. Again, it's not because of a lack of ability. Like, I agree with you. They are a lot better. I mean, you and I, we we praised them all throughout free agency. This is just a, a thing for me where I'm looking at those guys. I mean, Mike Conley is what, 34? 33? No, no. 32, I think. 32. Oh, okay. So he's he's been, been on the young side. I can say that being 33. Um, <laughs> so he's a little bit younger. But even mm-hmm. so, I could see them trying to just extend his, uh, his stamina and fatigue level a little bit and just like kind of make him as ready as can be for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is more so just the Jazz changing their mindsets, I think. I, I, I look at that roster, and I see a team that's basically going to coast to the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to put as much emphasis on, oh, hey, you know, let's have our top nine guys all play 75-plus games. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they just really went into the load, man- load management aspect of, the, of it. Again, if they are going to swing for, you know, regular season success, oh, they're definitely going over. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of where they put their priorities, and I don't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of, you know, again, we, we're going to talk load management a lot throughout this episode and the next one. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, at least in terms of minutes distribution, have been on board already. Last year, Donovan Mitchell led the team with 33.7 minutes a game. Gobert was second at 31.8. They're not playing guys 37, 38, 39 right. minutes. This is not a Tom Thibodeau team. So... Yeah, I mean, the fact that, that they're deeper now makes me think that, sure, I wouldn't be surprised if Conley misses a few games for load management. I think Mitchell is young enough that he's probably going to try to push back against that. He'll he'll say, fine, play me 32 minutes, but I want to be out there as much as I can. That's and I, true. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily the wrong approach for him. Um, I mean, I think Ed Davis especially is such a big pickup for them because losing Derek Favors hurts. You know, there, there were questions about... Was Derek Favors the perfect fit next to Rudy Gobert offensively? 
No, of course not. You, you want to <laughs> stretch four next to him. Now yeah. you have one in Bogdanovich. But defensively, as a backup center, he was great. And But now you're bringing in Ed Davis, who I think is going to fill a similar, similar role for that team. You know, not a super heralded guy, but he's just going to do dirty work, especially on the glass and on box outs. So I think just defensively, I still have faith in them, and I think that's going to make them a better regular season team than, you know, they might be just in terms of, okay, we're going to rest some guys here and there. But as long as Gobert and Davis are healthy and playing, I, I lean the over here. But, you know, this one's close. I, I'll get, like, I'm not saying they're going to win 65 games. It's like I could see them winning 54, 55, 56, somewhere around there. I mean, I, if they go all in, absolutely. I, again, this is not about lack of ability whatsoever. They're <laughs> very capable. <laughs> right, right. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty-five for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.19. So the Nuggets one surprises me. They're they're fifty two, and they mm-hmm. won fifty four games last season. <laughs> yeah. What am I missing here? Why did yeah. they go down? Uh, I I don't know, and we can't even penalize Michael Porter Jr. for <laughs> screen grabbing Adam Silver's <laughs> contact information here. Um, right. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. That one caught my eye too. I think that seems very very low. Uh, Jokic is only going to get better. Jamal Murray is only going to get better. Hopefully Gary Harris is going to be healthy throughout the entire course of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't anticipate Will Barton having as rough a season as he did last year, so I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not sure what we're missing. Uh, Vegas is apparently knows something that we don't. I assume, <laughs> right. uh, but I'm definitely taking the over on that one because the Nuggets. Uh, I do look at as a team that is very invested in in having a very good regular season to improve their seating and. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they finish with 55 or more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a team that's going to finish with the best record in the West, it would be the Nuggets. Yeah, I could see that. That's, I mean... Because, uh, I, I mean, I, I think, again, going back to the little management thing, I, I think it applies more to guys who have a lengthy injury history, like Kawhi, like Embiid, mm. or just older guys. You're going to want to rest them more because they just have more miles on their legs. But with the Nuggets, most of their guys are young, not counting Millsap. I mean, Murray, Harris, Jokic are all young. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley. You have Jeremy Grant now, who's going to be a big pickup for that team. Like, I see this is one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Right. And now you have this X Factor in Michael Porter Jr., too, who, you know, I'm not going to say he's the reason they're going to win 56 games next year. We don't know what, if anything, they're going to get out of him. But if they get anything, it's better than what they got last year. And as you said, I mean, Gary Harris missed 25 games and was just not not his normal self. We saw flashes of it in the playoffs, and it was a nice reminder of like, oh, man, you know, this guy, he really could be that next piece for them. Like, they have Jokic, they have Murray. Is Gary Harris the third member of their big three? Eh, maybe not, but, you know, he's, he's a great, perfect starter, perfect fit for that team when healthy, when going, and I'm hoping we get a nice season out of him. And as you said as well, Will Barton, I mean, he missed 39 games last year, shot 40% from the field. That's You can only hope that you get a little better out of him as well. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, I think the addition of Jeremy Grant on this team as well, like I, you could not have drawn up a more perfect addition than Jeremy Grant on the Denver Nuggets. I like, I, I, You're right. Vegas must know something that we don't. But this is the one, this is one of those lines where I'm just like slamming the over. I, you know, I could see Clippers, Rockets, Jazz going either way. Nuggets, 
I would be very surprised if they all stay healthy if they don't win more than 52 games. Yeah, I, I think it's, a, in my opinion, it's the down to the Clippers and Nuggets for the best record in the league. That's how I see it at this point. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. So the Lakers are next at 51. And this one I had a little bit of trouble with. Yeah, me too. My my gut initially said under, but then I started thinking about it more, and I think I think they're going to have a bit of a struggle early on just because they have so many new faces, and we've seen mm. this with LeBron teams before, especially the 2010 Heat. But then I also think, man, we it, Anthony Davis is so effing good, and we just forget it because he had... I mean, he took a sledgehammer to his reputation with the last few months of this past season. But we have to, you know, objectively, if you're just looking at over-unders, it doesn't matter that Anthony Davis tried to nuke the Pelicans on his way out and did it in the most dick way possible. He's still an excellent top six, top seven in the NBA basketball player. He's the best teammate LeBron James has ever had. He's a perfect fit skill-wise next to LeBron. Then you look at how they built their roster around LeBron this year, having actual shooters around him instead of the whole, oh, we tried that in Cleveland. That didn't, who cares that we made four straight finals? Let's get (laughs) non-shooting playmakers next to you so you could take a load off. You could just cut to the basket. It'll be great. And then, you know, that, that plan went up in smoke in about three weeks. So I think the roster composition is better. I think, you know, just... In terms of pure talent, Anthony Davis is such an upgrade over anything else they had last year. But now I actually kind of lean over here. I, I think it's a push for me. I think 51 just seems right. Um, and I'm basing that on, again, surprise, surprise, load management for LeBron. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if he played 60 games this year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's 22 he won't appear in. If, if that happens, and I could see that team just not necessarily win as many games um, because of that. Mm-hmm. I, if he plays and he, you know, LeBron's LeBron, so he can insist on playing. You know, we know how he is. Sometimes he's like, no, I want to play. <laughs> right. And if, if he plays 70-plus games, then I'm also taking the over. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the primary driver behind, you know, going on the plus 50-win uh, 50 threshold is Anthony Davis. I, th- I think you nailed it. Um, I, I, I think rest in peace to your mentions for saying top six, top seven. A lot of Lakers fans are going to come at you now. Um, you can yeah. Come at me. <laughs> I, I think he's a little bit higher on that list. I just think you're right. We have started to uh, underrate his ability because of that whole trade request snafu. Right. He's obviously fantastic. The, the thing, the thing that, that we should talk about, though, and I brought this up before, there was a podcast with between Bill Simmons and, and Sacklow. I've, I've mentioned this before, and they asked a great question. So, basically, it, you know, for the best type of stars in the league, like the you know, the elites of the elites, you can mm-hmm. put trash around them, and they will still find a way to win forty eight games. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I still think there's some merit to the idea that that Davis, who had at least some talent, like Drew, Drew Holiday, is not a bad talent. Like yeah. he's a legitimate, fantastic player. He also had Julius Randle, who is like, yeah, sure. But he had players of substance. He had players of talent around him. And very frequently, he would just not be able to push to push that team as far as you might expect him to for a player of his caliber. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can take this group and finally put some Ws to his name more so in the past. I think that's the biggest question for them coming in. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I really want to nuke my mentions, I'm going to launch a half-baked take. What if Anthony Davis just isn't a number one option on a championship team, but he's an ideal number two? I, I don't think that's a a bad take at all, because here's the thing. Most players, I even wrote about this from for Forbes months and months ago. Um, you know, most number one options have the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. They are playmakers. They are they are guys who can play on the perimeter, initiate the offense who can make a lot of different decisions with the basketball in their hands in terms of passing, cutting, shooting, moving off ball. Like Davis is not necessarily a playmaker. Like he's he's improved as a playmaker from the big position. Right. But he's not a guy who who will, you know, handle the ball, you know, 70% of the time. 
right. and make decisions. Like the most influential superstars are the guys who make decisions with the ball in their hands, like Giannis, LeBron, you know, Chris Paul in his prime, James Harden, all those guys. You know, Davis to me, as as far as I see it, he's the target. He's the guy you go for to to score ba- to score baskets. Mm-hmm. Like when a team sets up a play, he's the end goal. He's the guy who puts the ball in the basket. He's not the guy who makes the play. Right. So in that sense, it could work pretty well between him and LeBron, mm-hmm. because LeBron is certainly a willing passer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad my half baked take wasn't as half baked as I thought. No, it was. no, no, no. I think it, it it's got merit. Good. If if I really wanted to nuke my mentions, I could then, since we're about to talk about the Warriors, I could say, what if Kevin Durant is not a number one option, but he's a number two? <laughs> I don't actually believe that, by the no, way. No, I know. I know. Uh, but let's let's go into the the Kevin Durant-less Warriors, mm. 49.5. Apparently, this is also one they started at 47, then jumped to 50, and have now moved back down to 49.5, but betters have bet them up considerably from the start i have absolutely no idea about the warriors this year like <laughs> none too. i think they're so hard to predict because it, it, it's a completely different team right you don't have clay thompson presumably for at least half the season if not more maybe even the entire year you don't really know right uh d'angelo russell he, he looked pretty good in in brooklyn well, that was like one all-star season. And even then, I don't I, I forget who made this point, but he was he was actually an all-star replacement. He wasn't even elected yeah. uh, or selected by fans and whatnot. So good player, but you know, not a a top-tier, you know, fully fledged superstar or anything. Steph, obviously fantastic. I think he's gonna have just a ridiculous year. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna average like 33 points or something like that. Draymond is still there on a new contract. He looked so much better in the playoffs, but we don't really know if he'll revert back to being regular season Draymond. <laughs> right. So it's just there are so many moving parts here. I, I I don't even have an opinion on where they're gonna land. I'm just like I'm just gonna be doing the cub out and saying put the push like <laughs> forty nine like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, we're gonna talk about load management. This is one where it's basically what do the warrior? How do the Warriors approach the season? They they're coming off of five straight finals. That's just a lot of wear and tear on the body. We don't know whether that is the reason that KD and Clay got hurt or if it just contributed or if it had no effect at all. But, you know, one would just assume those guys have worn down. Like, they've played basically an extra regular season in the time, you know, six regular seasons in the last five years, basically, with all the playoff games. So do they try to buy stuff a little bit more rest during the regular season than they have otherwise? If so, then the over is probably not the way to go. But right. yeah, how how does D'Angelo Russell fit? When does Clay Thompson come back? I think he's said that he's targeting after the All Star break, so you're figuring he misses a grand majority of the season. I, I they did I think they did as well as they could have in terms of, you know, picking up the pieces after K D left, you know, getting Willie Cauley Stein in there, getting Alec Burks, re signing Kavan Looney. Those are all big moves, and I think it does help improve their depth a bit. But they also lost Andre Iguodala. They lost Sean Livingston. KD and Clay are not the only two big names that they're missing this year. So, like you, I, I don't feel great about this line either way. I'm leaning the under just because I think they're going to try to keep Steph's workload somewhat in check. But it wouldn't. I'll totally, buy that. It wouldn't shock me if they win 50, even like regardless. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll probably buy the the under, with the caveat that it's probably not like under by much. Right. I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, the Warriors are going to win 40 games and miss the playoffs. I'm no, not no. there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the Portland Trailblazers at 46. Yeah, that one infuriated me. Mm-hmm. This one, I, again, this is one of those where I'm I'm. What are we missing here? They won 53 last year. I think it's a typo. yeah i mean like i am always low on the blazers and this is the one year where i'm not gonna be i guess but no that's i mean like we yes they're missing use of nurkic and we don't know when he's coming back or what he's gonna look like when he does come back they lost seth curry i mean they they did lose a few big pieces but Mm. they, they lost evan turner but 
I, you know, I mean, Dude, does Lopez this one well. really lose Evan Turner, though? <laughs> no, I mean, you could argue they upgraded because they got Ken Bazemore in that trade. They did I, lose... I would certainly make that argument, yes. Yeah, I mean, they lost Aminu and Harkless were the two big ones. But, mm-hmm. you know, they pick up Hassan Whiteside as well, who we'll see <laughs> whether he can keep his head on straight, but he certainly has talent. Yeah, yeah, undeniably. And, and you know, Nasir Little off the bench, you know, Anthony Simons, Gary Trent, Zach Collins... Like, it seems that Vegas just didn't take into account that there are going to be some level of improvement from the young guys. Right. And I would give you crap about Simons, but it actually sounds like they're going to play him this year. So, for once, you, you get to win that battle. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it seems like... Shade for <laughs> once. Wow. Vegas just isn't taking into in account their young guys could improve substantially. I mean... Yeah. I, I would expect a breakout season from Zach Collins at this point. Simons mm. could take big strides forward. You know, Bazemore is a big pickup for them. I mean, at losing Harkless and Aminu hurts, but Bazemore is going to fill a big gap for them. We'll see if Hizonia provides much, if anything. Anthony Tolliver is a nice solid I mean, did bet. you not see Mario Hizonia block LeBron last season and make like <laughs> 10,000 headlines across the NBA? Oh, yeah, yeah, with the mm. stare down and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, this is just an MVP campaign in waiting. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Tolliver is just a nice solid vet off the bench as well. They sell scouts. And a good teammate. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it sounds like we're both in agreement with the over here. Oh, for sure, for okay. sure. Yeah, I, that that one surprised me as well. It, that was just it feels like that's just disrespected because i also just don't think the blazers are gonna buy into load management as much as some of these other teams right agreed here it comes again lunch will it be the same old same old or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new jamaican jerk turkey sub at firehouse subs freshly sliced smoked turkey breast craveably sweet mustard sauce and a hint of caribbean seasoning just 555 for a medium save time order the new jamaican jerk turkey sub on the firehouse subs app firehouse subs enjoy more subs save more lives participating locations limited time only plus tax prices may vary for delivery here it comes again lunch will it be the same old same old or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Another disrespectful line. The San Antonio Spurs at 45.5. They won 48 yeah, last year. Yeah, they'll be better. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it, it blows my mind. When, like, when's the last time the Spurs have lost or have won fewer than 45 games? Oh, you're putting me on the spot there. No, I mean, I, I could tell you the answer. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's uh 1998 and 99 and the only reason is because it was a 50 game season yeah Yeah. (laughs) they have not they their lowest win total in the past two decades was 47 and 35 in 2017-18 so here's the thing again vegas doesn't take into account improvement from young guys deontay murray is going to be back after an acl tear so you know if, if we're being really harsh like put him in as a question mark, mm-hmm. but I'm personally I'm not putting him in as a question mark. He's damn good. I yeah. don't think he's going to come in and be a net negative by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, uh, Derek White is only going to get better. Yeah. Lonnie Walker is finally going to get you know more minutes and a chance. Like now he's been in the system for a while. Like he's he's going to be there. I I just I don't really see the connection here to putting them at forty five point five. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Murray because... So I just wrote a piece at uh, com about the Spurs and these young guys. And between him... Murray, I mean, you're right. He, yes, he's missed the whole season. He's coming off the ACL tear. We don't know what he's going to look like. But I, like you, I'm not too skeptical. Keith Smith, our friend from Real GM, you know, talked to someone from the Spurs during the offseason. They said, everything's on track. Uh, we feel good about where he is, basically. Like, 
he it, it sucked that he got hurt last year because we're super high on the kid and we think he's going to be a star yep. he was really really good defensively before he went down and Derek White in his place last year was also very very good defensively with those mm-hmm. two guys paired in the backcourt I mean they're both big guys I believe Murray's 6'5 and I think Derek White's 6'4 yeah that's a stifling backcourt for anyone to score against yep and I don't forget Murray is an elite rebounder from the point guard position so when he gets a rebound like he'll just run up the court immediately like initiate the offense straight off the bat mm-hmm. so they'll get way more running opportunities this year yeah and our, our friend uh, Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report was on the pod a few weeks ago was talking about Lonnie Walker as well who showed out during summer league you know if they get anything out of him i mean he's got a lot of competition for minutes in the backcourt aside from the two guys we just talked about you still have patty mills you still have Brent forbes demar Derozan's there marco bellinelli so minutes might not be plentiful for him but even if he you know the spurs are the, the forefathers of load management they're going to rest some of these guys especially some of their vets throughout the season i think mm. lonnie walker is gonna steal a game or two for them they also picked up damari carroll who is not super flashy or sexy but he's just a good veteran nice versatile player stable guy who can play two positions and hit a st- uh, space the floor right. and defend and you yeah. still have demar Derozan, lamarcus aldridge rudy gay's there Jakob purtle like mm-hmm. the spurs are the spurs are gonna do the spurs thing again it happened i completely every year. forgot Jakob purtle i yeah. was sitting there talking about their young guys and i forgot purtle like <laughs> that's a huge aspect right yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, I fully expect the Spurs. No one is going to pick them to do anything this year, and they're going to win 50 games, and they're going to get into the playoffs, and everyone's going to say Greg Popovich is the greatest coach of all time, and he should be coach of the year. But this time, he has a lot of talent to work with. Let's not downplay what the Spurs have on their roster this year. Just because you haven't heard of these guys doesn't mean they're not good players. And I really do think you know, their young guys are going to kind of lead in this new era because we don't know how long Aldridge and DeRozan are going to be on the Spurs, but I think that young backcourt in particular, that's the next era of Spurs basketball. So you can check that piece out at bballwriters.com. Use the code uh, the NBA pod for 10% off your daily, monthly, or annual subscription. So you just said we don't know how long DeRozan is going to be on the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So there, there are rumblings that they're going to offer him a max extension. Really? Yeah. I don't know how credible those rumbling words were. Uh-huh. Uh, it came up like last week, I think. Oh. Huh. Okay. I, I'm not sure I dig that because he's still got two years left, if I'm not mistaken. So they could extend him for three more? Or... Yeah, but but yeah. I was just like, why would you extend someone whose contract's going to run out at the age of 32? It just seems to me that they're in a very advantageous period where they're going to get the rest of his prime years. And then mm-hmm. when he's 32, they can just sort of look at his game from at that point and go, well, you might have declined a little bit, so here's our offer instead of offering a max now. Yeah, I don't know. He's, yeah. he's earning a good chunk of change, so it's not going to be a Draymond-like thing where... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not crazy about it. It, it. Again, it's just, it was in the rumor mill, not sure to take it you know, uh, entirely serious, but it was just interesting to me that that was kind of considered if it even was of course yeah i mean for that it just depends on the years for me so it looks like he signed for 27.7 million this year and then has a player option next year so yeah it depends on how many years they give him more than the money yeah the money yeah yeah the next team is the dallas mavericks at 40 how much do you believe in luca and Kristaps? i mean look this this is again, you know, I'm European, so I shouldn't really bang on this drum, but this is again another example. Oh, Luka Doncic is is fat and European. Kristaps <laughs> Porzingis is European and and skinny. <laughs> like, I on paper that should be one of the most devastating duos in the damn league. Mm-hmm. Um, Luka Doncic was a revelation in his first year. Twenty one points, almost eight rebounds, six assists a game. And I'm, I'm getting so sick, Ryan, of this narrative that's starting to creep up on Twitter saying that he's already hit his ceiling. Like, oh, the God. dude is 20 years old. Like, what? what the hell are we talking about here? What are we doing? Yeah. Um, 
this guy is going to be one of those transcendent talents that you know every team in the league is going to look at with envious eyes for the next 10 15 years mm-hmm. so i don't know what vegas is expecting here that that like if their logic is Kristaps is going to come out and struggle a little bit because he's missed so much time that i get like mm-hmm. that fine but Luca's there he's looked phenomenal and he's got a lot of players alongside him to pass the ball to i just no, I'm not there with the 40. I'm I'm over. You're over? Yes, I'm wow. over 40. Stop I, it. Stop it. This dude is... Come on. Have you looked at their depth chart? I have. I don't care. Hashtag Luca is there. Who is their third best player right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't want to say Dwight Powell. <laughs> Right. Like that's what's giving me pause because I like I I'm, I'm all in on Doncic and Porzingis as a duo. I mean, I, I do think you know Porzingis hasn't played in now 18 months, so I, mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm not counting on him to come out and be a 25 point per game guy right away like he was before he went down. I think they will ease him back in. All right, they should at least. Um, I agree with you. Luka Doncic is already a star. He's probably mm-hmm. going to be an All Star this year. You know, he's going to, he's, he definitely has not hit his ceiling, but I, I'm just not sold on that supporting cast winning 40 games in the West. I, I think it depends because when you say who's the third best player, mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we look at it in isolation. I, I get that there is a significant drop off after he, after Luke and Pusinkis. However, when you look at the way this team is built, I'm actually digging it. So you have a lot of spot up shooters, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, especially. Maxi Kleber is there, who's just kind of this, you know, wrench who can just do a bunch of weird things. DeLon Wright is a, a really strong defender. He's got great size from the point guard and the off guard position. Jalen Brunson looked good. It's about reeling in Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's at least an explosive scorer, so you can kind of count him in for at least 15, 16 points a game. It's just a matter of efficiency. Dwight Powell is the, you know, screen and roll guy who can just catch lobs and get to the basket. You have Courtney Lee, older guy, yes, can still provide some level of two-way play. I kind of just like the makeup of it. You're right that there isn't a furry guy that stands out, and that is problematic, especially in today's league. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. But this is a team where I'm looking at it, and it's greater than the sum of its parts. It very well could be. I you know, I, I'm not saying this is going to be the worst team in the West by any means. I just, oh no, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm taking the under here. I just, I'm not sold on the supporting cast winning 40 in the West. Well, I'm, but I'm here for Luca taking the biggest damn leap and finally shutting up all the haters. I mean, if if he didn't do it last year, some people are just never going to get there. It's much like debating Republicans on Twitter. At a certain point, there is no point. Just, <laughs> just yep. whatever like you could do literally anything else with your time and it will be more productive than that 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 is very true yes yeah. all right pelicans 39.5 i am going to defer to you on this one because you know what i have no freaking clue there are so many question marks regarding the rookies and and whatnot i mean the only what what are the known stables that we have drew holiday J.J. Reddick and Derek Favors are the big mm. three known quantities, right? Yep. Yeah. Those are all very, very positive quantities. I like it. But And, of course, we have the Scion effect. I, I mean, my, my heart is leaning over just because I want to see these guys ball out and make the playoffs in the first year of all this, you know, this rookie cascade that they have. But right. I don't know, man. I yeah. really don't know. Yeah, my heart leans over, too, just because... I mean, I think, look, we made fun of the Lakers young guys a lot, <laughs> especially just because Lakers fans hyped them up so much and have now completely cast them off and forgotten about them. But I think those guys were miscast as leading options with the Lakers, as we quickly found out. But now they don't have to be on the Pelicans. Mm. Like, now you have, you know, not even... Look, David Griffin has come out and said don't put everything on Zion's shoulders. And I don't think they need to. Drew Holiday is a really, really good guard. He's what, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's, just because he doesn't make the all-star team every year, I mean, he's made one and he plays in the West. It's hard. <laughs> you know, that's, them's the breaks. But 
He's one of the best two-way guards in the league. He's a star, even though if he doesn't make the All-Star game. J.J. Redick has averaged you know career highs for the past two seasons. He is one of the best shooters in the league. Derek Favors, we talked about with Utah, probably is just needs to be a center now. But that's what he's yeah. going to play in, in New Orleans. It's He was miscast as a power forward next to Gobert. Fine. You're not going to play power forward anymore. You're going to be the setter, and you're going to have Zion Williamson next to you. We don't know. You know. Hopefully, Ingram doesn't have any recurrence with this blood clot issue. That's definitely Agreed. a big question mark. Um, hopefully, Lonzo can stay healthy. But I do think they have a lot of talent on this team. A lot of it is young. I think they'll take some lumps for sure. I don't think we're going to see much of Jackson Hayes this year, for instance. But I could definitely see Zion and just this whole you know getting out of the cloud of whatever that Anthony Davis thing was last year, especially over the last couple of years, months of the season, just having that fresh start, I think is going to reinvigorate this franchise. So I, this one I'm picking with my heart more than my brain, maybe, but I'm going the over here. We've gone over on so many teams that we have to start making the under. Oh, I've got some unders coming. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Uh, the Kings at 37.5. Yeah, so, I mean, they were better last year, weren't they? Yeah, they were 39-43 and 43 last year. Yeah, yeah, they just missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time betting against De'Aaron Fox at this point. Me and too. Buddy Heal is going to enter, like, the smack dab middle of his prime. I'm, I'm not really sold on the Kings being worse when those two, and those are the two, you know, driving factors for the Kings. You know, when they get better... Why should the team get worse? Right. And they picked up a, a few notable additions this offseason. Um, you get Dwayne Dedman in. You bring yeah. in Trevor Ariza. You bring in Corey Joseph. Yeah. I, you know, they're, they're nice veteran pieces. You bring in Rashawn Holmes, who if I... if you yeah, That one I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you keep Harrison Barnes, who now has a full offseason to get integrated in the system. Mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley is probably only going to get better. I mean, you know, that's... It stands to reason. Yes. That's usually what happens from year one to year two, as long as you're not named Andrew Wiggins. So, yeah, I mean, I have a hard time betting against them. I think this one is just the stigma of the Kings being held against them. But I think the Kings are a potential playoff team this year, even though the West is super deep. So... Yeah, I lean the over for the Kings as well, as dirty mm-hmm. as I feel saying that. <laughs> yeah, and and they're going to be fun, more importantly. Yeah. Also, like, we could we could do the overs. You know, the, we are probably going to have more overs than unders for the West. But I'm telling you, for the East, I have a lot more unders than overs. So, yeah, get excited for that one. Um, the Timberwolves at 36.5. I mean... I think that's pretty on point, maybe. Yeah, they went they went thirty six and forty six last year. Yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns really stepped it up after you know Jimmy was traded, <laughs> right? <laughs> after after he had a teammate depart and not emasculate him anymore. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and after he was not challenged anymore, meaning that he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Right. Which also, I don't think is a great long term situation, but be that as it may, mm-hmm. they got Jared Culver in the draft. Yep. That's a huge addition, one that we really haven't talked about enough. Mm-hmm. But this, again, boils down to a guy we've talked about so many times over the years, and that's Andrew Wiggins, man. I mean, yep. I, I I don't think we can keep saying, oh, now's the year, or if he snaps out of it, or whatever you know precursor we've used. Like, he just has to do better. He has to be a better player. He cannot take up as many possessions as he does. And, and not contribute better. I mean, if, if this is the case, they're always going to be... You know, Vegas is always going to put this type of number on them, like in the mid-30s. Like, they need to find a way to either limit his role significantly or just make him a one-trick pony, which is just like, hey, you know what? When you get the ball, just drive the hell out of it and get to the line. Like, mm-hmm. just never take another three-pointer in your life again. Just <laughs> whenever you get the ball, just pound it twice and get to the, to the rim. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the recipe is there, but uh, 
God, he's he's such a disruptive player and not in a good way. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, he's looked good in off-season training videos, which we know always carry over to the season. So That's true. I mean, Hoodie Mello is a perfect example of that. <laughs> right. So for that reason, no, I'm, I'm taking the under on this one. I mean, yep. they, they do have, they're getting Robert Covington back, which, you know, he played 22 games for them last year and then missed a good chunk of the season, which was impactful. He's a very good, albeit underrated player, and he's going to make a big difference for them on defense. You mentioned Culver. They also still have Josh Okoge. They have the makings of a good defense, but they still have Towns, who is not elite yet on that end. He's a good shot blocker, but still needs to make strides just with his defensive awareness. Mm. Wiggins has the physical tools to do it. It just hasn't come together yet. So, you know, I think that's what they need to build their identity around this season is defense. They made some nice pickups in the offseason, Shabazz Napier, Jordan Bell in particular. So they have the talent to go over here, but I don't know. I just don't. Like At a certain point, the West is so good that some team is just going to get beat up on. And, like, you know, they, they have the talent to be over, but they're going in the West. If they were in the East, I would pick them over without question. But, you know, because they're going up against so many good teams – more often than an Eastern Conference team is going to be. I lean the under for that reason. I want to ask you a question, and it's going to be provocative for Wiggins, and I'm not trying to be, but oh it's, it's actually a thought that I've had for a while. If you replace all of Andrew Wiggins' min- minutes uh, with minutes to... Um, oh, my God. Jared Culver, there we go. Mm. And Robert Covington. Are the, the Timberwolves a better team? Like, if you, you just basically remove... You just sit Wiggins down. Yeah. He plays zero minutes in a season. Possibly. The, my only hesitation is that they wouldn't have... Not that Wiggins is particularly efficient. In fact, he was downright inefficient last year. Oh, 41. yes. yes. 41.2% shooting on 16.6 shots a game. But they wouldn't have another like go-to option other than Towns, which I think would lead to a lot more double teams on Towns until someone else could prove. You know, Covington's a good player, but he's a 3 and D guy. You don't want him creating mm-hmm. off the dribble all that much. Wolf Culver is just young. We don't know yet. We'll see. Yeah. Same with Akogi. We don't I don't think he profiles as a 20 25 point per game scorer at any point he shot 38.6 percent as a rookie i you know i think he's more of a complimentary guy as well you have jeff teague but i don't think at this stage of jeff teague's career that he's a number two guy so i think it's almost as if they should have kept tyus jones (laughs) right oh you mean derrick rose (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah yeah so are, are you taking the under for them as well Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, assuming Wiggins is starting and, and playing 35 minutes, yes, I am certainly taking the under. <laughs> Wouldn't be a podcast without Andrew Wiggins' slander. Good. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This is possibly the trickiest line of any team in the West. The Oklahoma City Thunder at 31.5. Yeah. And all I can say is if they keep everyone together, I think they go over. If they trade Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Paul, just totally go in the tank, they could be the worst team in the West. 
I agree. I think this is the team that is most likely to make in-season trades. Yeah. So I think we just kind of have to ignore it a little bit. I will say as much, though. Shai Gilgis Alexander. Yep. I think he is going to surprise the hell out of people this year. Like, yeah, the League Pass crowd knows all about him. Like, us NBA geeks who have no lives, we know about him. Right. But the general NBA public is like, Shai Gilgis what? Right. Oh, they're going to know his name. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. The Thunder are a team where they're going to get to half of their season win total in the first, like, 30 to 35 games, and you're feeling good about making that bet. And then they <laughs> trade Danilo for, like, future picks and washed-up vets, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> this, this took a turn. And then they win, like, two games over the next 30 games. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, Chris Paul is not a paragon of health at this point. Even if they don't trade him, you know, I would assume he's not going to play 35-plus minutes, 82 games this season. So you got to right. factor that in as well. They do have Dennis Schroeder still coming off the bench, but the rest of their depth is not particularly ex- inspiring. We'll see no. what Darius Baisley brings to the table, but who knows at this point. Uh, Patrick Patterson is no longer there. They have Mike Muscala, who I can vouch for his verse hand is awful. Uh, Nerlens is nice, but we'll see. I mean, maybe he's going to be their starting center after the trade deadline. We'll see. I, I, yes, a resurgence of no, of Nerlens Noel. I'm there. I'm I'm super there. But uh, yeah, I mean this this one, it, I would not. If there's one team in the West, I would advise not betting on. It's yeah. the Thunder just because you have to just deal with the uncertainty of do they keep this team together? I genuinely don't know. Mm. But Yeah, no, I, I don't think they do. But, I, I yeah, you're right. This is the most volatile situation. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm going to pick the over here, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, if you're assuming that they stay together because that's the premise going in. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. The Phoenix Suns, 29.5, setting the bar very high. <laughs> they To be fair, they won 19 games last year, so it actually is setting the bar somewhat high. It, it is. I, I, I was laughing because it was right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I under. Yeah. They have won, uh, this is the past four years, 23, 24, 21, 19. That's not great, Brian. And, and you know, I I mean, look, <laughs> guess drafting at the eleventh spot, a twenty-three year old to come in and solve your issues. That's uh, <clears throat> uh, that's not great either. No. I'm I'm not really sure what what their mindset is. And just gift wrapping TJ Warren. Yep. To the Indiana. Yep. Uh, that's that's not how you improve. No. Is, is at least what I would say uh i i guess vegas here is hoping that devin booker just goes ape but i think he's frustrated as hell and yeah. this is this is probably a hot take i don't think devin booker is a phoenix sun at the end of the season Ooh, interesting i don't know that it devolves that quickly but yes i i don't think devin booker is oh long i i think either. it's already devolving i think this yeah. has been he, he i remember when when bradley beal said that he's basically been uh unhappy for seven years oh yeah 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 i think this is the actual situation with devin booker as well just from the moment he he was drafted to the suns i don't think he's happy there at all i think he signed the contract i think he regrets it to Mm -hmm. be honest with you and i think it's probably going to be one of those situations where they look elsewhere yeah you know interestingly the suns were one of the team's that went. They started at twenty seven, then went up to thirty, and then have settled back down to twenty nine point five. So it seems like betters actually are high on them this year, or at least high on them not being the worst team in the West. And they did add Ricky Rubio this off season. They added Dario Saric. They added Aaron Baines. Mm-hmm. They picked up Ty Jerome <laughs> as well. Aaron Baines. He's he's the guy who's gonna make all the difference with his corner threes against the Sixers, probably. <laughs> Uh, Frank Kaminsky as well. So th- I mean, they did. Oh add- no! Come on. <laughs> I know, they, I'm just saying they have like NBA players on their team, which wasn't always the case last year. Is, is Frank Kaminsky really an addition though? 
as a third string power forward, or I guess maybe second string. We'll see how their depth chart shakes out. But I mean, if this is a hope for Aiden improving, yeah. I, I guess okay. Yeah, I don't I, know. What's What's killing me is I I just don't think they're going to have a good defense still, and I think that's what is going to trip them up and hold them back. And maybe they win 26, 27, 28 games, but. What made you come to that conclusion, Brian? The fact that they have no defensive-minded players. <laughs> hey, don't slander Mikel Bridges like that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. He is there. He is yeah. present on the roster. That's correct. Right. I mean, Ricky Rubio is not... A, I wouldn't say he's a bad defender. I'd say he's... No, he's not. Yeah, he's not. But, but no. Devin I, I'm Booker kidding. Is... I'm, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, the, no. the primary drivers on this team, like they're not great defenders. Correct. I, I will give Aiden this, though. Like He came in and was... Just abysmal for the first, what, half of the year? Mm -hmm. And then he got significantly better. If he turns in to a positive defensive player, and and when I, you know, when I looked at him last year at the draft, you know, last year again, like, I I kind of put the top potential of his defense to be, like, average. If he succeeds that, that's a huge win. Yeah, I'm glad you gave him credit for that because he did make significant strides as a defender when that was going into the draft. That was the big question mark with him. Is mm. you know, sure he's going to be a 2010 guy, but is this Julia Local for 2.0 or is he actually going to develop into a guy who we can rely on on both ends of the floor? And you know, to his credit, it does look like he's moving in that direction. And yeah, maybe we do get a big leap out of him. But even still, I just I I don't see enough defensive-minded players on this roster to think, yeah, okay, the Suns are going to have an average defense or an above-average defense. So, yeah, that's... Glad we are in consensus there. And then, this one hurts me. The Memphis Grizzlies are last on the list at 27. What, you're going under? Yeah. I could see this being a push. Yeah, they're just so young, man. This is nothing against the Grizzlies. I'm going to say this a thousand times this year. I actually love the Grizzlies and what they're doing. Yes. I think they've done a phenomenal job. I, You know, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, getting Tyus Jones in there as well, taking the flyer on Josh Jackson, who, mm. you know, may, who knows what's going to happen with him. He might be out of the league in a year or two. But And DeAnthony Melton, right? Yeah, DeAnthony Melton as well. So, like, mm. they have a nice young core. They have Jonas Valanciunas in there as well. They have Iggy for now. They have Jay Crowder. So they have some talent. I'm assuming Iggy is not long for the Grizzlies. Agreed. But, I mean, they have a nice young foundation. But, I mean, Morant is a rookie. Clark is a rookie. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a sophomore who missed a good chunk of the season last year. Right. Like, relying on young guys in the West this year in particular uh, (laughs) is not going to end well. And here's the big thing, though. It doesn't matter if they're under or you know under twenty seven or over. It right. really doesn't matter because it. I mean, regardless of where they land, if they win twenty one games or if they win thirty one games, they're probably going to be one of the most entertaining teams, regardless oh, to sure. do that. Yeah, and and that's really the point of this year as a fan observer because they're not going to be in a playoff hunt necessarily. They're not going to be a, a a you know quote unquote good team. But that's fine. They're they're in, in what year? Officially year one of the rebuild. Yeah, cause, I want to yeah, say because yeah. Conley got traded this off season. Gasol got traded right. in February. So yeah. Yeah, but first. I just don't know if you counted it when Gasol got traded. Like no, oh, this, because he they still had Conley. So this is the first full year of yeah. the rebuild. I would say. All right. Well, fair enough. So year one in a rebuild, and Vegas gives you uh, over under twenty seven. Yeah, that's not bad. No. Yeah. You, they could look at the process sixers. I would love to know what the over under was. Oh. <laughs> like seven. Right. And that was close in the the year with Okafor. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. No, I, you're right though. The Grizzlies like when we do our league pass rankings, I would be surprised if they're not in our top 10 just because you're like that's the the whole point of this year is just develop these young guys. Like all of these other veterans don't matter. Ultimately, like they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be here when your young guys get good. So it's just like play them enough to make them not hate your coach and throw a hissy fit and like poison mm. your locker room and see if they can 
maintain being professional, but like if Morant, Jackson, Clark, Tyus Jones, Melton, Jackson, all of these guys, if they take a nice step forward, then it's a win no matter what your win total is. And I think if memory serves, they still owe their pick. I believe it's top six protected to the Boston Celtics this year. So it almost behooves them if, I mean, they're not going to be a playoff team. It behooves them to give heavy minutes to the young guys. So they lose a ton of games. And so they're not at risk of giving up that pick. You know, then if, if it stays in the top six, then you add one more nice high to mid lottery piece. They owe their unprotected pick to Boston the following year. But at that point, Morant's a sophomore. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a junior. Or, yeah, third year guy. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a junior. That's good. Um, I, I think we, yeah, I mean, we need to use that one. Yes. <laughs> Throughout the entirety of his. And that goes for, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. There's a lot of juniors in the NBA these days. Right. Or there will be. Yeah. Soon. yeah. yeah. Their, their first year, we're going to have to <laughs> put a lot of punts in on that one. For oh, sure. for sure. For sure. Yeah. But, I mean, the point is, you know, let these guys develop, keep that pick. Get one yep. more piece. Then by the time you're conveying that pick to Boston, hopefully it's like what happened with Sacramento this past year where, okay, sure, they missed the playoffs, but they conveyed number 14. That's much less painful than if you convey a top five pick. So I love that you could turn this into let's not give Boston another high draft pick. <laughs> that's that's really always that's very the goal. Unbrand. <laughs> that's yeah. always the goal for everyone. <laughs> Do not give the Celtics anything good ever. Well, I mean, you, you can. You know, they'll just lose it in free agency. <laughs> right, and then somehow take advantage of Elton Brand. Regardless. See, now you have me doing it. What the hell am I? I'm not even anti-Boston. You, This is like contamination. I'm, I've been contaminated by you. Much like, horrible. Much like what happened with their locker room with Kyrie. Oh, God. Sorry, Boston fans. Sorry. <laughs> that one Boston fan. Just, just All right. Left. That's probably a good place to wrap up before I make ten more Boston jokes. So, that I'll save them for next episode where we go into the air over under. Oh, uh, God, Brian. In the yep. meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. are now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Mort, have a good one. You too, man. Take care. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.